Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the Good News episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fuld. In these episodes, we'll speak with people who are helpers, who are positive, compassionate, and who bring a bit of good news into our lives in these stressful times. Listen with an open heart to those who are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. It is our wish that each of these episodes will bring a smile to your face and hope to your heart. And to help us do that today, our special guest is Donna Leitinen, who is a mindset coach and a behavior change specialist. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that whole intro of what you're all about and opening well, your heart. It's what we hope will happen. And I'm sure of having talked to you before and know what you do, this will be easy to bring a smile to someone's heart, particularly someone who's hurting. So let's start with just explaining easily or however you choose to do it, what a mindset coach is and how that works. Okay, I wanna say in a nutshell, it's helping people to become more aware of their thoughts and their feelings, their reaction or um, responsiveness to their uh, thoughts and feelings, thus um, determining their behavior and the results that they get in a circumstance or that they keep getting the same results in life. How, how exactly, you know, that's a big step. I mean, getting people to recognize that. How do you help them do that? So it's a habit change. It's a habit change of the way we think and the way we act. Um, and it starts with understanding how the conscious and subconscious mind works. And it's very simple. Conscious mind, we have control over our thoughts. We're just on autopilot so often that we just let thoughts come right in. We don't, you know, we don't, uh, we're not aware of the thoughts in the sense that we can choose them. And the subconscious mind, I, I say, is the magic maker where whatever we put into our subconscious mind, the subconscious mind has to accept. So we can literally train, program, rewire, however you want to word it. So where would you say most of us or most people who you start with, where their information has come from in their subconscious mind, who programmed them or what programmed them? Oh, I love this question. Uh, so there, it's called paradigms, our paradigms, which um, is our mental conditioning that um, from our childhood, from our parents, from school teachers, from anybody really who has, uh, you know, kind of conditioned us to think a certain way. And usually it's uh, develops into like some fear-based things or limiting things. We limit ourselves because of other people's um, conditioning. So I call it taking, you know, taking your power back. Right, right. Yes, I can, re I can relate to that. I mean, in terms of my own personal experience, I was brought up by two people. I was adopted into a family of two people who were both very fearful. And one of my things that I had to work on in the next, in my adult years was this, all this fear that came from someplace. I wasn't mine, but I, I needed to, you know, not be fearful all the time. Tom, I love that. And it is, it, it literally is. It's like somebody saying, um, for example, my brother is a, you know, people often refer to him as a genius. You know, he has several master's degrees, several doctor, two doctorate's degrees. And 
he was always doted on about how smart he was. Not that anybody said that I was dumb, but it was like that, uh, you know, never, nobody ever talked about me being smart. And I kind of grew up feeling, you know, I'm just not smart enough. And I just kind of accepted that. Right. And I didn't. So when we realized like what you said, you know, when you start to realize this conditioning and that your fears or your limitations or your barriers are really not yours and right. that you can plow through them. Well, you and, relief. And you need help. I mean, it's usually not something that an individual can say, oh, now I know I have a belief that I'm not good enough or I have a belief that, I'm fe that fears are out there and I'll just change that. It seems to need help. And that's where you would come in with as a coach to someone. Yes. And like I said, it's, it's, it's changing that behavior. And it's, it's simple, like once you figure it out, but any kind of behavior to change takes practice. And it's catching those thoughts. It's catching those thoughts and then choosing whether you want to let them in or not. And it's okay if you do let them in and you didn't want to, that's the progress over perfection. You know, that's the progress. When you notice it, when you see, right. ah, this, I've done this again, or this has come in and I didn't want it here. And have like a series or even just one question, you know, when you're, when you come into the thought, is this thought going to help me progress towards my goals or what my heart desires or, you know, so by just being able to catch the thought and pause and ask yourself a question, you have this now, this new opportunity, um, you know, to move forward. Well, that's key, what you just said, to catch the thought and pause. And that's tricky. It is. How do, how do you advise people or, or coach people that, that how they can do that, start to do that? Yes. So I just want to share that most of my life, I've been in a reaction mode i've reacted panic emotion swinging from emotion to emotion right and that is not healthy it's not a happy place or joyful place to be when we live that way and it brings on that stress and then if you stay in that kind of place it brings on anxiety and depression and and things so uh, i just wanted to share that so thank you um, yes yeah so like I said, it's, um, it's being able to, to be aware that you have control of your thoughts. So that's a big piece. And then it's catching the thought. And then it's, um, you know, it's that pause and deciding, you know what, you might not always catch the thought, but then you think about it later. So it's just this internal um, shifting of um, your awareness and your perception that you have control over your thoughts and that you can make, um, you know, you can allow what you want into your body and your behavior. So ultimately what we're trying to do is we're changing our behavior, which I have been successful with and it's a whole new way of living. Yeah. Now you were saying that you before were overacting and having one emotion upon another. What brought you into this new awareness? Okay, so there was a couple of things, but I would say um, it was a very dark time in my life where my son um, wanted to take his life. And as a parent, oh gosh, that just puts you in this place of, I want to say like hopelessness, um, isolation, darkness. And 
who can you help in that space? Yeah. Who how, can old, help my how, how old was your son at that time? Uh, 26. 26. Wow. So, and, but it had been an ongoing battle for him for, since he was probably about 16. Right. Um, but I was able to flip this switch of thinking and choosing faith over fear. I want to say your switch now. Yes. So my switch was starting to switch like, cause I just was like, how do I move forward? How do I help my son? And I wasn't even asking those questions really. I was just so, uh, blame, guilt, shame on my part. Like, how could this happen? What did I do wrong? You know, all the, I was asking all the wrong questions. Right. And when you, when you flip the switch to faith, what did it feel like? What did you, what were the thoughts then? So that everything was going to be okay. And that it was not my job necessarily to fix my child. My job was to believe in him. My job was to, to, to believe in him, empower him, motivate him through my own role modeling rather than always telling him what he was doing wrong and how he was messing up and judging him. And it's all energy too. these people feel your energy. They know when you're judging them, when you're comparing them, when you're disappointed and what an awful way for a child, uh, uh, you know, your child to feel that nobody believes. Absolutely. And how did you come to that? I'm going to say, how did you come to it? That's faith. That's, there's a, a bolt of lightning come down. I mean, what? How can you know you what? <laughs> Pretty much. I just, um, it was just a, you know, I'd need more time to really explain, but I want to say uh, I kind of surrendered. Right. I surrendered to God. I surrendered to the universe. This, you know, I was like, I need help. And right. I found myself at the beach and I literally drew a big heart in the sand and wrote help my son's name and his date of birth and I just I don't know I found myself doing that I've never done anything like that before and then in the meantime I had started like a meditation practice where I visualized and like a movie on the screen in my mind my son uh cord going from my heart to his and just seeing him on the uh, sending light and love and energy and it was just this amazing and it made me feel calm and good. And I was watching him smile again. And I right. just held on to that faith. And that's part of what I teach too, is how to visualize because visualization can affect your feelings in your, your space. And clearly what you're saying without actually saying it, I mean, but what you're, I'm hearing is anybody could do this. I mean, if you were coming from such a, a dark place yourself, could find that faith, could, could, could tap into it and then come up with meditation visualizations, then I would think you could help anybody else to do that. Absolutely. The key thing is to be open to the invisible because yes. faith and fear, they're both invisible. So I was clutching on to fear, blame, and all this other negative stuff that was just oozing out of me. And then I switched to faith. And so it's a conscious decision, but you need to be open to it. You know, right. To well, that that's, that's, can be hard uh, for someone to be open to it. If you've been, for instance, what you, you are saying is faith, 
some people will then say, oh, do you mean religion or do you mean the word God? And they react to it in a negative sense, like I don't believe in it, or if, if, if that's true, how come my life's so bad? How can you help people with that? Well, I, I was one of those people that had a hard time saying the word God at one point. Right. And if people feel more comfortable, I always, you know, often would use, you know, uh, the universe or a, your higher self, which is, you know, your higher consciousness, right. um, you know, and I find ways to explain that to people just, you know, uh, with the opportunity to, uh, you know, take time to contemplate why we're here, how we got, you know, um, and it's really just this amazing, you know, miracle that we're here. And every day we need to, um, I, not we need to, but I feel like recognizing that there is a higher power, if that's something that you're pulled to, because uh, you can't force anybody, you know, and they might, it might be just me planting the seed at this point for somebody. Right, right. You can't, you're, what you were saying, you can't say make someone believe that but you can show them the way and if they're willing and they're ready and often i found for myself and what i hear from other people who are helping so many people that a person needs to be in pretty tough pain pretty much in pain to be really ready unfortunately it doesn't seem like if you're joyous and free you come and say oh now i want to change it's usually when things are difficult you want to change you're telling me you're right. A lot of people wait <laughs> till they're in this distraught, uh, pain, feeling hopelessness. And that's when it can emerge. But also, you don't have to wait till then. We have red flags all the time, but we don't pay attention to them because we're not tapped in and tuned in and aware to our innate, um, you know, intuition, our gut instincts we're on autopilot. So that's the right. first step is becoming aware of it. But as you develop that intuition stuff, like there, you don't have to like get to that place, but yes, that's. You have to get to that deep, deep place. What would right. be a couple of examples of red flags? So red flags would be, you know, making decisions and having regrets or being angry about it or feeling that you were forced into doing something um making up excuses if you see a pattern of this um <laughs> excuse me and you know being confrontational and taking things personal those are all red flags that you're not tapped in and tuned into your inner self and your abilities and your gifts and your um self-worth confidence all of that when right. you act that in that kind of a way but we just you know, we just say, oh, that's how I am. That's who I am. I'm moody. And you just kind of accept that, you know, or I do that all, you know, and that's limiting. And that's, so those I, are the red flags. And physically too, obviously you can get headaches and. Right. Feel sick. And how, what are your client base like? Or you see mostly women or women and men or how, who are you dealing with most of the time? I would say mostly women. However, I do work with men as well. But I would say the majority of my clients are women. And are there any particular focuses that you have that you find yourself? Many of us, when we do work, we find ourselves di directed somehow by higher power or whatever towards a group of people or a certain category. Do you find that true in your work? I do. 
I do. I find that true. I also meet people where they're at by asking some questions, a series of questions. I'm able to like kind of navigate and narrow in on, is it forgiveness that they're looking for? Is it, you know, is it confidence? Is it self-esteem? Is it loneliness, sadness? Like where's the starting point? So it's all customized and honed into that where that person is at. Yes, you're dealing with where they're at. But if it's mostly, let's say, more women than men, what what age range do you also find coming towards you? Well, I'm actually, ta- I mean, it's, it's funny that you should ask that because just recently I've started some mindset coaching with uh, young adults rather than- About how old would you say? What is a young uh, adult? Like, Around 20 to 24, 26. Wow, that is young. That is young for being aware, that aware or coming to that awareness at that age. It's, yes, it's it's great. It's great. And do you think that they have become more sensitive? Like, okay, I, I have something I have to deal with and they therefore are available to be for help more than they might've been. Oh, let's make it really clear more than they might've been before the pandemic. Oh, right. You're right. Yes. Um, so a couple of the young adults, um, one of them does have autism and he is can be very negative. So he came to me looking for um, how to reduce stress, how not to react. So, which is right up my alley. Um, so I'm working with that, cl- that client, but also um, I have a couple of other clients in that age group that, and I feel like that, their habits have not been lifelong yet or like third, you know, so I feel like they're more open to like the change. Yeah, if you're in your 20s versus being in your 40s or 60s, it's very different. Right. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Well, I I hear, I'm just trying to get a picture or help people get a picture of of what you've been seeing out there. I think the key not the key, a key to what you're talking about is this issue of fear versus faith. And for people to come and, and for you to help people see that they are working out of fear, that their behavior, their actions are, you know, are out of fear and that there is some, if they could go to faith, but, but and I see that as being the, the, the difficulty or the challenge, I don't want to call it difficult, but the challenge is to get past the, the way in which we seem to be in this country right now of having little faith in anything. Right. And it is, it is challenging, but we can't, and this is what I tell people all the time is that we can't control the external world, our external environment, but we 100% can control our internal environment. What's going on in our mind, what's going on in our heart, what's, you know, what we're, you know, delivering out into the world, what kind of energy are we bringing out to the world? Exactly. How do we act in the world? And right. how, how, would, how will you help somebody or tell somebody what they might think when they're in the midst of a world where there are, you know, wars going on, economic troubles, still having some, you know, some of the pandemics still continuing, the politic divide in the country. How, when someone says to you, how the heck can I be happy in this? What might you offer them? Right. What I would have them focus on as a beginner step, 
is focus on gratitude and the things that are going well in your life, things that are going well in the world. Um, I call it the law. It's the law of relativity where it's a practice that I choose to practice. Um, so if, you know, if I'm complaining about simply put without getting too involved, my foot, I have neuropathy in my foot. I could, I could always be complaining about it and telling everybody about it. But you know what I say, Donna, at least you have a foot. Not right. everybody's so lucky. So then it always makes your situation feel a little bit better. Um, but literally, I think asking the question, what can I do to make this world a better place? What can I do today? And it could be something like smiling at somebody or offering, you know, offering, you know, somebody a helping hand or, um, you know, doing something complimentary, something to exude your energy that is going to be, uh, you know, a feeling good energy. Because the more feeling good energy that we have, you know, collectively is going to make a difference in the world. So it's just doing small acts of kindness. Those are the things that you have control over. They're going to make you feel good and make that other person feel good. Now, we, we come against choices all the time. We can respond angrily or calmly. We can respond out of faith or fear, as you say, out of love or fear, because those are the two actuals, love versus fear, or and love might be faith. Absolutely. But what I was thinking of was, there are so many things you could, as you're saying, you could do, just be, smile at somebody walking on the street. I know that has helped me, particularly during the pandemic, when it was so hard to, you know, to be in touch with people, I would walk on the street. I live in Jersey City and I would walk on this lovely section that we live in and people would say hello or people would smile or we couldn't always see them smile because of the mask, but we could see their eyes smile. And that connection, just that heart connection is lovely. Yes, I have some, it, it really is. And it can literally change the energy in somebody else. Right you know, to make them feel that they were noticed, they had paid attention to, that somebody noticed them to send a smile their way. Or um, on a bigger scale, whenever I buy a book and I love it, I buy two and I just keep it in my car or in my bag. And then if there's somebody I meet, I give them a free book and they just, you know, I just hand them the book. I think that you would enjoy this, you know, and people just, they love that. You know, and it makes me feel good because I'm giving them a book that I feel, you know, is a is a worthy book. And, um, you know, sometimes my husband will have a tough day and I'll go down to where he parks his car and leave a pack of M&Ms there. So when <laughs> he comes home. So little things like that. It's not a lot of money, but it's really going to make their day that you went out of their way that you, you know. So there's a whole, I list a whole bunch of things like in my trainings of how we can uplift others, help lift ourselves and uplift the world in little ways. Lovely, lovely. There happens to be in our town, and I think it's in many places, these little kiosks, which is leave a book, take a book. Yes. And I love doing that because I read a book and then I go, now, I don't need another book on my shelf, particularly one that I've read. What can I do with it? But here I can take it and leave it for someone else. And the action of leaving feels wonderful. And then Absolutely. another time I come there, you know, when I'm when I walk and I look, do you have anything interesting? 
and I find a book and I feel wonderful. So the combination, either giving or taking or receiving, yes. is both wonderful. It is. And that's a, all about balance, too, is, you know, um, willingly giving and openly receiving, you know, that you want that balance. You don't want to be the person always giving, right? Yeah. That's and no you fun. Drain yourself to doing that. Right. <laughs> You're drained and exhausted. Why should I keep doing this? But I, but I do find, and I think you, you're going to agree with this, that when I start to give, I find that people give back or other people give, maybe not the same yes. person, but someone else gives me something. No, you, and I want to clarify that too. Yeah, no. So a lot of people like myself before, not now, but I would um, give, give, give. And then when people would offer to help me with something, I always felt like I couldn't, I didn't want to put people out. I don't know what I was trying to prove. Like if I would be throwing a big party and somebody wanted to, I'd be like, no, no, no. It's, but, you know, literally I could have used the help. So, so, so now I accept help because I, it's giving permission to other people that they can ask for help. And yes. I just, for some reason, couldn't receive. I just, well, I, I don't know. I, you may not have, as I did not have the understanding that when I did that and said, yes, bring something to the party. When they came, I was happy to get it and they were happy to have me be happy. And it worked for each of us. Yeah. And I think it was like a feeling of like, you know, I didn't want to put people out or I just, you know, felt like I could do it all. Right. You know, and that I don't know if I was looking for attention exactly what, but I've switched that totally. And I love it. And people do like to share and give and bring something. And if, you know, just. Yeah, that's wonderful stuff. What, when we're almost out of time, it is what, it's been a delightful conversation. I, want, I do want to ask a question, though, is how your son is doing. He's doing well, thank you. He, and I say he's my, you know, he's a natural miracle. But what I want to clarify is miracles are for anybody. You just have to believe you're worthy of them. Right, right. Indeed. Right? You can't ask for help and then not believe you're going to get it and then... You know, so it's like believing it's again, believing in the invisible and, you know, uh, that mindset and that faith. And yeah, so and I thank him because for doing the work that he needed to, because I feel if that didn't happen, what he went through, that I wouldn't have gone through my breakthrough, which brought me into this beautiful journey. Yes, I understand exactly. And it is interesting and to some degree, a little bit of a shame that we need to have something painful to bring us through the breakthrough. Otherwise, maybe we're just lazy <laughs> and right. we won't go there. But enough pain, we go, all right, I'm ready to change. Let's, let's right. talk about what's right. better out there. Well, Donna, this has been delightful. So listen, before we end, if anybody, and I'm sure there are people who are listening who would like to learn more about what you do and, how, and, and ask you questions, how might they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so my business is Evoke Change. So it's um, Donna. My email is Donna at EvokeChangeCenter.com. Now it's Evoke Change Center? Yes. I'm just writing this down, ChangeCenter.com. Yep. Okay. That's great. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being here. This is uh, information that people can use and a way to, to, to go from, from, from fear to faith. And I think that's just wonderful. 
So thank you for sharing that with us. You are welcome. And I'd like to leave with one last comment. Absolutely. And um, I always say observation is power and judgment is weakness. I love that. Observation is power and judgment is weakness. Well, let's observe together and say thank you. Thank you.